Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of Vention, where people find passions and passions find people. Today, I have one of my close friends, Micah Torres. Take it away, Micah. One, two, three, four. want to kind of ramble oh yeah what do we want to kind of randle about randle about randle see ramble. i enjoy randling as much ramble. as the next guy but what i ramble. do like more is rambling rambling ventioning ventioning there you go what do we have that's worth ventioning micah well we talked about personal growth oh we did um you've been doing a lot of re- reading recently um one thing that you mentioned that a long time ago that i had always remembered um, was like the average millionaire reads like uh, how many, like a ton of books like a year. Oh yeah. They, I mean, it's, it's, it's more so less so like reading books, more so the, the, the idea and the implications behind the discipline it takes to read the books. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, you can sit down and read Count of Monte Cristo and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxies, which are some of my favorite fictional things, but you're not really you're not growing in any way. And the, the, I think the, the premise behind millionaire reads, I mean, it sounds like it's some like Ty Lopez phrase or whatever, like, but I think it's just the idea behind it. Like they also work out routinely and they, it's just, it's a routine thing. It's a course of habit. Right. Um, so how often do you read? Um, I, I actually have a, I have a bullet journal. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's just like a, it's just a style of journaling, which allows you to, uh, has a, your bullet list where it allows you to fill in for each thing that you want to do per day. So for instance, I have read my Bible, read, read, uh, just fiction stuff or nonfiction, but I don't really have a preference play practice my piano, you know, do yada, yada, yada. And that's how I keep track. So I read for at least 15 minutes a day, depending on, depending on how I'm feeling, how mm-hmm. spicy the day was, you know? Yeah. So that's a, obviously like a good habit to get into. And it's, yeah. and I'm not saying like every millionaire type of thing or like everybody who wants to be successful, but it's right. just good that it's good to recognize how course of habit. Right. It's yeah. It's, it's the habitual trait, not just the actual reading. Mm-hmm. So you, you mentioned a couple of your favorites. Yeah. So um, in the past year I've gotten a hold of, uh, it was given to me, both were given to me by gifts um, through work. I was able to read uh, Atomic Habits by James Clear. That one was a f- phenomenal. It, it, it's, it was life-changing actually, because basically the, the whole, the whole idea behind the book is you, you get better and you grow 1% every day. Mm-hmm. And it's just about the incremental, I mean, atomic habits, atomic, he defines it at the very beginning of the book. Atomic is the smallest unit of a system or the smallest measurement that you can find of a system, right? So atomic and atomic habits and habits is the routine that you do subconsciously. I, I think that was, that was part of the definition that he, he put in there himself. He said like, it's so it's a subconscious thing that you don't even at the, it's at that point. It's just, Hey, it's second nature. I do this thing because I turned a 
a, a um, learned skill into a habit. And then the whole idea is atomic habits. Hey, you grow 1% every day. When you, like in the mentality of that book and stuff, are you, is there a hundred percent kind of like image that you're striving to, or is it kind of just like you want to exceed that? So I think to ever put a limit upon yourself in general is, I mean, that's, it sounds kind of cliche, but the idea of, and, and there's another book that talks about this is called Mindset by Dr. Carol Dweck, where it, it talks about, you don't know what the best version of yourself even looks like, nor can you ever even quantify that. So there's no point in ever trying to say, this is as best as I can be and, and capping yourself at that point. So the whole getting to 100%, it's, it's, it's not really a real number per se, and you're getting quote unquote 1% better every day. Well, you can't really exactly measure a percentage yeah, yeah. more so than just look at, look at your life on a, on a time span now. Like, whereas look at what I've done this year by improving my habits versus last year. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't think there's ever a hundred percent. It's impossible to quantify what hundred percent looks like to yeah. anybody. Yeah, definitely. Um, one scenario that came to mind, which I think is very interesting is um, uh, when I internshiped where you worked, uh, you're mm-hmm. a, um, sure. uh, Ventureplex. Uh, Ventureplex, which is computer programming. Um, software development, software development. That's what I meant. Um, uh, there's a personal friend of ours, Reed pretty, um, who's an Olympic, uh, volleyball player. Yep. And great story. Amazing story. But he created kind of this movement type of thing in the world of sports, not necessarily just, um, volleyball in in it specifically. Mm. And the fact was, which I found like when you mentioned the, the growing by 1%, that's who I first heard it from. Right. And what was actually really interesting is that he could actually put it statistically 1% every day. Oh. And so it's like, uh, it's like a, it, it's a cool measuring tool. Like he right. could lizer- literally physically see his progression mm-hmm. of statistics and points and different things and even just physical, right. um, physical attributes. So I thought that was like super interesting. And like, even though you're not, knowing that you're growing that 1%. Right. Uh, especially like for piano, like you're an amazing pianist and it just goes into like, you, you see the growth after 20%, 30% right. from where you were, mm-hmm. but you can never see that, that little tiny stepping stones. Well, right. And I think it's like, it's just like anything when, when you have the continual, like watching, for instance, I got to watch my cat grow up. You don't never notice that the cat got bigger. It just did because it did it every single day. And you're just all of a sudden, hey, look, this is where it was a year ago. Now here's where it's at. Here's where it's at, right? And that's kind of what, but with uh, that kind of, uh, kind of provides like uh, an example for for any discipline that you would find yourself in. And I think I think for sports, like for Reed, that's that's very interesting because you're you're able to, whether you're working out or you're 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 looking up any statistic of yours. There's there's a statistic for pretty much everything in any sport. And I think that's, that's a pretty cool, that's a pretty cool thing to have, uh, when you're trying to get better, you know, you just get better every single day with 1%. But I think as far as habitual and lifestyle and your personal mindset, it's, it's a lot more abstract than that. And, um, it tends to be, it tends to be, you have to be a lot more diligent in your practices. Mm-hmm. 
uh, how, like you said, a bullet list or what was it called? Bullet journal. Bullet journal. Yeah. That's one way to do it. Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, you just write down anything that you want to do like every single day and you have to, you just basically, you force yourself, you just self-will yourself to do these things. Like, and if you're looking for an excuse, you'll find one. Yeah. Like anyone will find an excuse where I couldn't do it today because of this or that. But we make time for our priorities. And if your priority is not so much the thing that you're doing, i.e. reading a book, it's more so improving and disciplining yourself, then you're unlocking the, the next level of where, where your mind needs to be. It's mm-hmm. less so this very thing and it's more holistic, big picture oriented. Yeah. Which is what Mindset, another book, one of my favorites of mine, goes into a lot. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> How does this transfer to individuals? Like, cause the biggest struggle in motivational speakers that I've found recently and stuff like that, and which is a big drive for this podcast is like, where, how can you transfer this kind of passion or like ideals to somebody else? Like, cause 98% of the people who read the book are willing to make those kind of self changes. Yeah but those that you kind of enlighten this to are more than likely already dead set in their routines and habits already. Right. So is there a way or is there kind of just like I just individual? See, I think a lot of where people's failures when they read these books or these, they do these like, or they listen to these motivational speakers, they, they, they feel very emotionally gratified at the time. And they're like, yeah, I'm very motivated. That's the key word there. I'm very motivated to do this thing right now. And you become a quick start that way. And a lot of people are like that because it's easy to be like that. Mm-hmm. I think the, the, the channel you need to get to, to tap into is this is like a, it's just a, a dog determination where you need to, you need to just self will yourself to do something no matter how you feel about it. Yeah. And like, it's hard to do that. Like for me, myself, it's, it's hard for me to, to sacrifice what's now for the future. Mm-hmm. Dave Ramsey, actually one of his phrases that he uses is maturity is sacrificing the now for the future. Oh. That's, and that's where I got that from. I mean, it, he was referring to finances, but I think you can apply that to literally oh, anything yeah. in your life. Cause if you're willing to sacrifice now, then, then there you go, man. Mm-hmm. The future has so much potential. Right. Um, uh, a big thing to learn about all of these uh, think different ways of life and how to progress and becoming a better person. Um, we took things in life skills, which was just like a, a class in that everybody had to take in high school. Yeah. And we went through um, setting goals and all these things and having like very, very detailed long-term goals. Yeah. Those are good to have, but through your experience and just through what, what you know as, um, as you've grown, um, how, how rigid should you keep a long-term goal? So I think establishing these long-term goals, you obviously need to, you need to know that, that, they're, that they're going to help your life in return, not just, I want to be good at karate and I want to be a black belt in karate. I mean- some people want to do that and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But I think you need to set more realistic short-term goals and, and build around those. Cause then you build those as your short-term goals. Then they add up to be a long-term goal. 
Mm-hmm. And like, um, I think, yeah, it was Lucas Rubelke, mm-hmm. my mentor. He, he told me the easiest way to make a million dollars or he's, or the way he worded it is, you want to know how to make a million dollars, make 10 grand right now and then do it again and then do it again. And all of a sudden, Hey, look, I made a million dollars over this course of time mm-hmm. and it starts very, very small. So as the, the rigidity of it is, I mean, it's up to you. Some people like, some people like to go in depth and like some people are just natural planners mm-hmm. and they'll plan five years of their life, but it's not necessarily realistic because all of a sudden, Hey, look, coronavirus is around and now I can't do this thing. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I've always found that like very interesting, like how dead set some people are yeah. of being extremely particularly, um, like structured towards goals, goal oriented period. Yeah. And, um, there is a place for it. And I do find it, uh, helpful. Like it's definitely good to have goals, always be setting goals, but limiting yourself for, uh, of those goals because of the particular scenario and like the particular instance that you have, like, like what you said, the coronavirus, like nobody ever planned for this to happen type of thing. Yeah. So it's like always be fluid and, but still structured Yeah, in a way. Yeah. I think, and then that's, there's a, there's just a conservative aspect that you need to also take into account. Um, like for instance, I mean, go back to Dave Ramsey. He, he's, he, he, he works for a lot of people that just like a very solid system and structure to everything. And it's, it's a very conservative approach because, and then that's, that's a good thing about Dave Ramsey is because when you have a conservative approach, you're prepared for anything like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, there's also an aspect to consider not just to, not to burn yourself out. Right. Yeah. Cause you can self will yourself into this no earthly value mm-hmm. kind of being. Um, what do you, what are your thoughts about burnout? Um, I think people can, people are uh, a lot stronger than they think they are. Mm-hmm. So they tend to, they tend to, I mean, for the human tendency, discomfort makes you want to cry, right? Makes you want to just run away and not have to deal with it. It's just a natural, no one wants discomfort. Yeah. But I think um, there's a, there's a fine balance between pressing on and like, stepping up to your challenges, attacking your problems instead of running away from them versus like overdoing it and just killing yourself and then burning out with, mm-hmm. and burning out looks different for anyone. I can't say that I've ever like burned out thankfully, mm-hmm. but I don't imagine it's, it's very fun. Yeah. It's just keeping realistic. Yeah. Short-term goals. Yeah. And long-term goals. As long as it's real realistic, there's nothing wrong with it. There's, there can be, massive amounts of benefits coming from it. Yeah. But yeah, but um, yeah, burnout I've just seen and yeah, it's like in just, school or yeah. School, especially yeah, yeah. college, like you're new into university um, going for, what were you going for again? Uh, an- anesthesia. That uh, word. Yeah. That word. <laughs> yeah. Anesthesia. Um, and yeah, it's just, First freshman year I got in and I was uh, almost disheartened because of how many seniors were already just 
Oh yeah. Just totally out of it. But what was weird, and I mentioned this with Lucas the other day, is um Rubikin. uh Challenger. Lucas oh, Challenger. Yeah. Uh on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um and we and I basically said how seniors they almost have this weird burnout where it's not like a typical burnout where you just kind of stress yourself to the point where suddenly it's just like a drop off and you can't, you just can't handle it, which is a, yeah. what a typical burnout looks like or what you'd imagine it look like looking like typical burn victim, a typical burn, uh, a, uh, third degree, third degree burn. Yeah. Um, but no, it's kind of like they kind of put everything off on their long-term goal. They have no, they, they know what they want to do when they get to college. They have this freshman outlook, but freshman year, sophomore year, junior year passes. And as a senior, they're yeah. looking at themselves and their long-term goal and realizing that it's no longer a short-term goal. It's not even a short-term goal. It's literally like an immediate, like you need it now type of thing. Yeah. And I see that specifically in business because all these students are striving to own their own business right? and they've got nothing till they're seniors. And then out of nowhere, it's this, it's not a burnout because they're no longer no figuring out what they want to do type of thing. Because with a burnout or I'm throwing this word out very loosely, but with like a, a typical burnout is what I'm saying is, um, you kind of understand what you want and realize that this isn't where you want to go and then kind of drop off into something else. But this, like what I'm saying about business, they, yeah, it's kind of, they're stuck. There's nothing else that they can do. And instead they just have to kind of push through and never get the results that they wanted in that long-term goal. And so you need extreme structure, very like implemented. If you want a long-term goal, make it a lot of short ones. And if you want that million dollars, a lot of 10,000s. Like, like we've heard. If you fail to plan, plan on failing. That's that's exactly what these business school students need to live by. Maybe mm-hmm. you should start teaching some business school classes. Hey, hey class. What's up? Just like that. <laughs> <laughs> you wanna make money? <laughs> I need to start. I need to figure out how to do that first. <laughs> yeah. You need to get on that train. Yeah, I gotta I gotta <laughs> preach to the choir. Yeah. I know, exactly. <laughs> Uh, good times. Good times. Good times. No, but actually I, in, um, I keep going back to like the, my same three resources of my pool, but in, (laughs) in the, in the book by Carol Dweck mindset, she talks about like your college student and it just resonated with me because I'm full-time employee, full-time college student. Well, technically I'm full-time taking 12 credits, but call it what you want. (laughs) Um, and, and it's just, it was talking about how students, and how they approach, they take samples, they do all these kinds of crazy psychology tests and they ask questions to people. And um, they were talking about how, like when you get to that middle of March after your midterms or right before your midterms, when everyone's cramming, that's when like students are just like at their complete, like lowest point And they just want to like absolutely die. So they just want to go into the ground and never be seen again. Cause like they're cramming for school they're like in the thick of the school and there's no end in sight. Kind of, you have like two more months of school yeah. and they get to these points where they end up just, they end, they're not able to rise to the pressure and then they just fall away. 
Mm-hmm. Burnout. Burnout. Yeah. It's so what what would you say to that to a student if this was March? <laughs> Imagine that. Oh wait. <laughs> We're in March. So the and so the book tells a story about the college student and it says the the inverse. So this is like a this is like a fixed mindset approach where I can't do this. I'm going to burn out. I need to stop doing this. I need to take a break. Like my world is going to explode. Mm-hmm. Versus where the inverse is the inverse is a very proactive approach to it. it's how do I, how do I get myself to avoid this situation again in the future going forward? How can I make myself not be in the situation a week from now? Mm-hmm. And it takes it one step at a time or a day from now. Right. Yeah. And it, and it says, and it's, it's just a very proactive way of thinking about it. And um, I'm trying to remember what it says. Um, that's kind of slipping my mind right now. But it's basically like taking like unrealistic pressure or not necessarily unrealistic, but like untimely. So for most of the time, burnout is from uh, time, would you say? Or just- um, Time is coupled in there. Stress from just- Stress X time, right? Yeah. So making it like uh, extended. So like when you mentioned that, I was thinking of like like a due date of something and you kind of have like a, a set time. Let's, let's say you have to turn something in on Saturday, mm-hmm. like rather than do like cramming every week, what you learn is to space it out yeah. or how to avoid some of those right. things completely. Just a, just a proactive, like it, it, for instance. So if your head is screwed on, right. And you get into the wrong situation where all of a sudden I missed this assignment and now I'm now, now I'm out 50 points. Mm. The Saturday night and I just completely misplaced it. If you're in some sort of fixed mindset, which the, the whole book is fixed mindset versus growth mindset. And, and the, if you're in a fixed mindset, you're going to be like, I missed this assignment because of this or this, this excuse, that excuse, or I'm, I'm not good enough to do it. I wasn't good enough to plan for it. I'm a bad person, whatever you want to, whatever you want to guilt on that. Right. Mm-hmm. Or you're, whatever you want to shame on that. Whereas a fixed mindset person takes it and they miss the assignment too, right? I mean, a growth they, mindset? Yeah, growth mindset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they look at the problem and they're just like, hey, how do I avoid, like I've already said this, right? How do, you, how do I avoid this situation mm-hmm. the next time around? Mm-hmm. What did I do wrong and how can I fix that going forward? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you think there are ways to like pinpoint that? Is it kind of just trial and error? What do you mean? Um, pinpoint like, um, Like finding those those stress points, like those kind of like failure, failure pieces that kind of created that whole mess in the first place, because there are things there, but, and most of the time I guarantee they're not apparent. Otherwise it would just be super easy to just avoid things completely. Well, I mean, for the most part, I think it's pretty easy to recognize. Like people can recognize, Hey, I have this problem. Mm-hmm. The, the thing is it's hard to fix the problem, especially if it's like, yeah if it's habitual and it's like chronic, you know, yeah, yeah, you've grown up doing this thing. Oh, I'm like people just all the time. How many times have you heard? Oh, I'm just a procrastinator. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you're, you're allowing yourself, you recognized your problem, but you're never allowing yourself to fix this problem. Mm-hmm. And you don't really see it as a problem. You're just, this is just who I am as a person. It's just innate to me. Yeah. We don't necessarily have to be that way. 
Like you, I mean, you can fix it if you really want to, but it takes effort and an atomic habit, right? Mm-hmm. Again, pulling from my list of resources. Yeah. So is, so does anybody talk specifically on that topic of like, um, how to address that in particular? Um, I wouldn't say like, there's, there's not really in the space of like growth and stuff. There's not, there's not a whole lot of specifics as far as, I mean, you, you hear a story every now and again about a person who went through this thing, like a college student, for example. Yeah. But I don't think there's exact like, oh, look, this is tailor made for my situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like, like remember when you, when I was saying about how, when you're not, when you're looking at your bullet journal, you're not looking at reading a book, you're looking at the achievement of doing something habitually. I think, I think when you're able to adopt a higher standard of thought, yeah. you can, you can look to where my mindset is and how that affects everything and how it trickles down into my life. Mm. Like you, you'll, you'll realize that it's, it's just a, it's just a baseline of a thought process and now how that affects every decision you make and how you look at everything. Mm-hmm. And that's, that was life-changing for me when I read mindset. Cause it, it, it just, it, once you change your mindset, you look at everything, every mistake. I mean, you're not perfect, right? Yeah. Obviously you make the mistakes and you're not going to react positively every single time, but it's just a new frame of mind, which helps like guide. It's like a skeleton for your thought process. Mm-hmm. Now I have, now I have a, a structure for what, what my thoughts are going to be. Yeah. So without elevating your mindset or like that overlook, being the same person and wanting a different result, uh, as, especially with something that's chronic is almost like impossible almost. Yeah. I mean, they say insanity is trying the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Right. Yeah. So I mean, if, you're, if you're the same person and you're just expecting to change, but you're not actually putting in the useful time. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at where I'm at with piano. It didn't just, I didn't just wake up one morning and just say, Hey, I can play piano now. Check me out guys. Like it, it, it was just hours and hours of just in my room beating my head on my keyboard saying, why can't I play this? My fingers are incapable. I'm going to chop them off tomorrow. Right. Mm -hmm. It was just hours of just blood, sweat and tears poured into it. Yeah. And nobody sees that. Mm -hmm. Nobody sees the practice. I mean, I'm sure athletes like at the all, at the superstar level can say the same thing. Like it's after the gym is closed is when they get all of their, all of their, um, their meaningful body of work in mm-hmm. almost anybody that's recognized for what they do. Sure. has the same. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, it's the exact same. You look like you want to say something guys. He wants to say something. Uh, <laughs> that was not it. <laughs> that was not it. Um, I lost my train of thought for a sec. Um, oh, so for those people who don't necessarily like there has to be a drive in order for people to actually change their in order to change positively. Mm -hmm. Like there has to be like, like people can't just subconsciously think about it and it doesn't happen. So is there anything for, for those people that don't necessarily want to read the book or don't necessarily want to elevate their mindset or even know how? See, it's like, um, I mean, we've, we've heard it through like ministry at church. Mm-hmm. Um, you can work with a bad attitude, right? Like someone who's just having a bad attitude and just doesn't want to, doesn't want to take any of it. They're just like fighting it. Right. Mm-hmm. You can work with that. 
it's the people who are just aloof and don't care and are just mentally checked out that you can't, you can't reach. Yeah. So I think the, you have to just, you'd have to decide as a person where you are as do I, do I just like not care? Do I not care to improve? Mm-hmm. Or is this just something that I really don't want to do, but I should be doing? Yeah. That probably makes no sense. It, it sounded better in my head. But. No, it, it makes sense. Um, uh-oh. Doggy. Um, I'll fix that part. <laughs> but, um, so like the person that looks at the keyboard and just, and then looks to the side and looks on YouTube and finds the world's greatest pianist. Right. There's no way that you can even compare on that level. It's no way. It's no reason for somebody to, to look from one to the other and kind of, um, validate the reason why they shouldn't be able to play. Like, I feel like what I'm trying to say is basically the reason for burnout is people feel like they're incapable, like completely incapable. But like you said, that growth mindset is, it is capable. It just takes more than expected. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what it boils down to. Like if you, you need to, the book says, this is turning into (laughs) a growth mindset podcast, but uh, the book says like, you need to throw out the words can't. And I know it sounds real feel good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, I can, not can't, but it's, it's, it's a very real thing. Mm -hmm. You throw out these words of I can't, and you take that out of your head. Like, well, I can't do this or I can get better at this. Well, sure you can. You just don't want to put in the work to do it. Mm -hmm. I I think, like I said, people are capable of a lot more than they're willing to give themselves credit for. Yeah, definitely. That's why things are possible. Like that's why records are set. That's why, that's how people are considered the best in the world. Yeah. It's because they actually went out and they tried doing it. Like I, what even just comes to mind right now is, um, was it the five minute mile? Like everybody said that the five minute mile was absolutely impossible. Oh yeah. Like they said it was physically impossible. Like nobody was actually would be able to like with the anatomy that everybody had that I think they even statistically scientifically, I mean, stated that the five minute mile was impossible. Mm -hmm. And at the moment that the first person beat it instantly, everybody started beating it. Yeah, because that's all they need is like, oh, someone can do it. Like, why can't I do it? Yeah. Nothing else really comes to mind in that retrospect, like as far as record breaks. But technically speaking, absolutely everything is probably the exact same. Yeah. You can do it. Whoever's listening in your car, you can do that. You can, you can beat that record, whatever it is. One philosophy that I've always have <laughs> segue. <had, laughs> segue. One philosophy that I've always had, which I think is very interesting, which I think is cool in, in a way. Uh, no, it's very cool. Anyways. <laughs> yes. Um, somebody is the best at something in the world. Yeah. Let's take fencing. Mm-hmm. Something it's kind of obscure. Something exuberant. Something kind of exotic, exuberant, um, but there is a fencer out there who's the world's best fencer. He's an offenser? Yes. But my whole philosophy thing is the chances of somebody 
enjoying fencing, going to school for fencing, having the discipline to do fencing. Mm -hmm. The world's best fencer is out there, but is not a fencer. Like somebody, the, the chances of somebody taking all the discipline, all the everything and putting it together to create this amazing athlete, somebody else out there could very well be 10 times better. Like who knows? We don't know what the world's best fencer even looks like. Yeah. Nor can we quantify it. Nor can we quantify it. Therefore, it's an imaginable percentage higher. Unfathomable. Unfathomable. It's unfathomable (laughs) to realize who the best fencer in the world is. Yeah. And so that's like my whole thing is just trying to get people to figure out other things, trying to figure out what they want to do, how they want to get good at it. I want to be the best Minecrafter there is. And you very well could be. Very well. I am. (laughs) Well, (laughs) but yeah, it's just like, it's super funny. And there's so many, there's, Potentially millions, millions plus, like vocations, activities, hobbies, um, anything that you could be doing and setting all of your time to and increasing 1% each day. But instead you're listening to this podcast. Yeah. So get up and do something productive. (laughs) (laughs) No, but yeah, that's, that's like... My whole thing. And no, but yeah. No, but yeah. <laughs> because um, I, uh, one of my professors sent us a link to a uh, Gary V. Video. Yeah, yeah, Gary V. It's awesome. And um, he was in a, it was a TED Talk, but it was like back in 2006. Mm-hmm. Back before, like uh, right around Facebook era. Like when things were, I think, still slightly getting bigger type of thing. But things he was, were still getting bigger. He was telling everybody. Um, we're in a, at a time where the gate, the gateway leaders of the world are, are becoming less and less, um, uh, powerful. Basically he's like, uh, no longer is, uh, CNN, like the biggest source for news, no longer is this and that, and, and it's just kind of like he said the gatekeepers were getting weaker or however he put it yeah. because people were getting media mediums like, and applications in different sources of their own voice, yeah. their own vision, their own way to put it out there. And he literally said, um, there's no excuse to have a nine to five job and say, oh, I can't do it because I'm just too busy. He's like, when you get home, he's like, He's like, I worked a nine to seven job or whatever he said. Yeah. Um, and he's like, and I had, and he's like, and I could grind from seven to two. Yeah. And he's like, from seven to two is way oh, yeah. more time than you need. I, I remember when I, when I first started school and I, you know, I go to work full time during the day. I'm there from about eight to five or six or whatever it is. And then I go straight to school and I go home, do some homework and I'm pretty much go to bed, do my bullet journal things and I'm in bed. And I didn't realize, like you, you, you always make these excuses. Like, like I said earlier, you, if you want an excuse, you'll find one. Yeah. And if you're just not, if you're just being lackadaisical about it, then you'll, you'll have your excuse, no problem. And that, that's what I did. I said, well, I'm, I'm a full time employee. I don't really have time to do X thing. Right? Yeah. 
I didn't realize till I started school how much more time or how much less time that I had even mm-hmm. then. And I was like, what, what was I doing with my time when I got home from work before I was in school full time? Yeah. Like there's no way that I can't be like super rad at this one thing. Yeah. If I wanted to be when I was, had my free evenings. Yeah. Like technically speaking, if you could squeeze school into it, you can kind of become a professional at anything. Right. I mean, if you took, if you kept track of your, if you did like a daily log of every single thing that you did, I mean, you'd have a lot more free time than you think. Oh yeah. Uh, one thing that Lucas Challenger, he's in the other room. One thing that he's doing is actually literally planning out his day almost like to the minute Uh just so that he realizes how much he's, uh, how much is really being affected and how much time is really being lost or made. And, um, and one, uh, one thing that, uh, you always hear, but you don't really necessarily think about it too often is, um, you'll save more if you deal everything in cash. Because when you know, when you take out a dollar bill out of your hand, yeah. you place it it's on the table, it's kind of, it's kind of like you want it back. Mm-hmm. But the moment that you swipe a card, um, goes back to all of Dave Ramsey, everything that he yeah, preaches. Well, it's like the, like when you, when you pay with cash, you don't get anything back. Yeah. When you swipe your card, you give them your card and you get your card back. And there's the whole, that's the whole psychological twist behind that. What you're saying right yeah. there. And that goes exactly with time. Yeah. Like when you physically watch time dwindle, you realize how much you have and how much that you want to save. Get your little hourglass and physically watch it. Yeah. Like just don't look away. <laughs> if you want to be productive, yeah. just watch the clock. <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah, it's, it's good to keep logs. Um, mm-hmm. That's one thing that I definitely need to get into. Yeah. I mean, who, who couldn't, right? Because we, we're all guilty of goofing off as it were. Oh yeah. Me and me, especially <laughs> you, especially me, especially talking to you, Chris. Yep. Uh, another thing that Gary said, which was hilarious is cause it was the big show at the time was lost mm-hmm. and he's, oh, and he, times. and he said, um, uh, he's like, yeah, uh, don't tell me that you can't do something. Get up and stop watching bleeping lost. And everybody started laughing. And he like chuckled for like 0.2 seconds and then just like hammered on the people who laughed and was just like, you guys just don't get it. Like you guys have the time, you have the resources, stop complaining. Unruly mongrels you. Yeah. Come on. Like it's just common sense, bro. Yeah. For real. But I don't know why everybody still goes in, falls into it still. I get it. I just don't know why they don't get it. You know? Uh, Yeah. Totally. I was Gary's my, my friend. Like he's my buddy. Like we're on the same wavelength, you know, must be nice, <laughs> but yeah. So that 1% thing, it's like daily yeah. and it has to be, if it's not a habit now, you should make it a habit. Yeah. I mean, they say it takes 30 days to build a habit. Mm-hmm. So for 30 days, you're going to have something that doesn't come natural to you and that you have to consciously set aside other things to do. Mm-hmm. My whole, th- my whole thought is. One thing that I'm going to be doing with the podcast eventually um, is spoiler alert as soon as possible, actually, um, is I want to be doing these 20, 30 something days straight of a particular activity, mm-hmm. um, whether it be playing chess, skydiving, solving Rubik's Cube, skydiving. I wish. 
uh, maybe one day. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, but like Chester Rubik's Cube. But yeah, it's like start. starting small. Yeah. But, and just kind of proving, because like even during that whole Gary Vee video, I was thinking about it. And that's even kind of what sparked this conversation is so many people are out there saying, you can do it. It's possible. Just do it. But unless you read the books, unless you elevate your mindset, like you said, you don't really realize that you're, that, that it's kind of useless. And you haven't convinced yourself yet that you can do it. Yeah. Because you're not seeing any progress because you've never tried. Yeah. And so like, that's one of my, like, one of the pitfalls that I see in uh, motivational speakers. It's like, if you're preaching to a deaf choir, it sounds like a good quote, but <laughs> why are deaf people in the choir? <laughs> if you're talking, basically, if you're, if, it's you're like what you said, like preaching to people like in church where they're just completely blind to it. Like they just don't want to see it type of thing. Like you can't affect those, those people yeah, or just don't care. They- yeah. They don't care. So the people that uh, attend Ted talks and people that attend all these places don't necessarily have that particular motive in mind. I'm not saying that nobody does. Like there are definitely people that do go there uh, and to like different motivational talks and stuff like that, trying to actually change something. Yeah. And that's what those people are for. But if you weed everybody out, like at the door, there's probably like 10 people out of like 300 that actually are going to like take it to the next step. Because literally in those kind of speeches, and even I used to listen to Ted talks and stuff like that. um, I do every once in a while, but it's like, unless there's like a, a story or something that really hits hard, you yeah. you forget it like r- almost immediately. Mm. And so it's like, um, it, it's, it's good if, if you have the right mindset to it, if you're susceptible to it, like if you're actually trying, right. but otherwise, yeah, just forget it. Basically nobody's, nobody's just going to listen. Right. So it's like, yeah. And with that whole Gary Vee thing about how, he was just telling, basically just like hammering, like, hey, you got to change. You could be the best. Like you got to, you have to stop what you're doing now that you don't like. Yeah. Well, I think in a lot of where you're, the, the lack of motivation comes from, because you can't go mm-hmm. off of motivation because it's just an emotion. Yeah. Motivation is an, is a, is an emotional motivator. Hey, motivation is a motivator. <laughs> but um, it's not going to carry you through. It's going to quick start you real nice for a solid X amount of time. Yeah. But I think the, the real, the real, the real strength in people comes out when they realize I'm not going to immediately succeed and I'm not going to be the best at this right away. Yeah. Cause when people and when people, people recognize this and that's what causes them to never do anything because they're scared to fail mm-hmm. and they're scared to become vulnerable to the fact that, what if or they, they just can't stand the idea of what if I try my hardest and I fail? Yeah. And they can't stand the idea of that discomfort and, yeah. and subjecting themselves to the idea that they may not be the best. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And since they're not a natural at this thing immediately, oh, why bother trying at this thing? Yeah. I, I would, I'd rather not I'd save myself the embarrassment because it's embarrassing for them to, to not be immediately good at some X thing yeah. or whatever. My uh, cross country coach was the best coach I ever had. And one of the, um, one of the things that he used to say was practice does not make perfect. 
perfect practice makes perfect. Yeah. And it's like, you, you, you kind of stomp on toes when you, when you mention, oh, practice doesn't make perfect because that's what people expect. Yeah. They're expecting that full level of ability mm-hmm. just through those 15 minutes a day when in reality, depending on the task, it's going to take a lot more than that. Right. But um, yeah, what, um, going back really quick to what Gary said, um, how he was just like pounding on, like you need to change in different things. And even guy, one guy from the crowd like shouted out kind of jokingly, um, I just quit my job. <laughs> like literally like on the spot type of thing. Mm. And he's like, oh, good for you. And he just kind of like chuckled. But like- Gary does a lot of chuckling. Chuckled. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> At least I think he does. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, um, but yeah, so the, f- the whole thing about this, about Vention and stuff like that, it's, I want to kind of try to prove that it's possible. I kind of want to like actually like do it, like actually yeah. in the moment kind of like jointly, like I want to actually hand in hand, almost hold these people's hands and like follow them around and be like, okay, okay. Now, now, now do this now. And, okay. <gasps> Look at that. You did it. Kind of have like that kind of encouragement because without it, it's kind of stop doing what you hate doing. And everybody says, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then goes back to their, goes back to doing it because that's what pays the bills. Yeah. Um, and it's not necessarily vocation. It's literally just time management. It's just yeah. what you want to dedicate your time to, what your sacrifices are. I think like, cause I mean, it sounds an awful lot like babysitting. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> People are babies. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a way to fix that. Grown, grown babies. Yeah. Big babies. <laughs> big babies. <laughs> There's a way to fix that. I, I remember uh, I was listening to uh, the Dave Rubin show when, with, um, uh, what's his name? Um, our favorite Canadian um, psychologist, uh, Jordan Peterson. He was talking about how, um, how like about raising a child and it, and it resonated with me in, in, in that aspect where you, where you just babysit adults too. Mm-hmm. Because when you, you, when you train a child and you're, I mean, I don't know anything about parenting. I just, <laughs> not a parent, but I'm just, <laughs> or just, college students. Yeah. I'm just quoting, yeah, yeah, quoting yeah. him. So just trust him on this. Uh, he was saying how you can tell what, what kind of parents are teaching their kids the right way. Like they're teaching them the, the, the principles rather than reading for 15 minutes. They're teaching them the principles behind it. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, li- we're talking about little children. I was just, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, you'll see, you'll see when you, you go to someone's house and their kids are running around and you have the parents chasing around the kids. Yeah. Because the kids got the parent on a leash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're never learning the the principles behind. They're just saying, what about this thing? What about this thing? Mm-hmm. Rather than learning no means no. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I, that's 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 a big part of what you're saying like you have to kind of coddle people because they're not learning the right values. They're learning this thing like I'm learning this exact thing right here, but they're never upgrading their mindset yeah, and they're just going to keep moving from, from trade to trade because like, Oh, I didn't do well there. Yeah. I'm just going to go to this now rather than just, just elevate your mindset, get mm-hmm. to the right place, get to the right headspace. Yeah. Then you're going to, you're going to succeed at whatever you do. Yeah. Eventually it's not going to come right away. Yeah, obviously. But, um, yeah, basically it's like the, the fact like childish, the word childish, 
It's just having a particular mindset, almost like, uh, like the fool, like you were saying of trying things and not with the same results. Right. But it's like, they don't even realize that there is a higher um, mindset. Like they don't even realize that that's kind of like even a thing. Yeah. And there's books for that. There's books for that. And would you say books is like the, the best resource? I've found books are the, are the, the best way for me to, to grow. Because mm-hmm. in the past two years, I've, I mean, I've read here and there. I've read mostly uh, fictional stuff. Like I have a couple of my favorites that I've read and just random authors. Yeah. But it wasn't until I sat down and I mean, most of us are aware of these like principles, yeah. quote unquote, but we don't actually, like, like I said earlier, we don't actually, we're, we're not convinced of them ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like we know them, but we're not convinced that they work for us. Yeah. And from just for me personally, reading those books, for, for whatever reason, maybe it's just because you have to sit down and dedicate, like allocate yourself to, to actually just like, it's just me and the book right now. Mm-hmm. And, and couple that with the fact that I did it every single day without, without failure, just repetition, repetition. Mm-hmm. That was the, I skyrocketed in, in my personal growth mm-hmm. and just the way I looked at things. Books were far and far and away my biggest, uh, growth boosters, steroids for your brain. (laughs) Um, what are some other avenues? Obviously audio books runs fairly hand in hand. I mean, that's the bulk of what I listen to. Okay, cool. Um, uh, what do you do it through? Uh, like a app audible. Audible? I have an audible subscription subscription. Not sponsored. (laughs) Yeah, no, but I I mean the first book that I ever got from audible was, uh, was, um, by Jocko Willink, the seal. It was the um, dichotomy of leadership, hmm. and it was it was it was a super awesome book, and that's kind of what got me on the Audible trail because I had like a gift card for it. It's like, oh, I'll just use it, and I got some free credits or whatever. So I yeah. got on there, and I was like, oh, like this is one of the best sellers. Jocko Willink, Navy Seal, let's do it. And it was it was awesome, and I was like, oh, anyway, I really enjoy these books. Why aren't I doing this more? And that's yeah. kind of what got me started. When do you find time to do audiobooks? I in my car. I have to sacrifice music because. Music is a, a big part of my life mm-hmm. and I, I can listen to music all day, every day, mm-hmm. but I just do it in my car mostly. Um, besides that, there's um, videos. Would you say videos like YouTube or something like that? I mean, there's mm-hmm. a place for it, I guess. Just just the way that I'm I'm built. I mean, here's, here's my excuse, right? Yeah. But I mean, even on two times speed, it's not fast enough. So mm-hmm. I'm just kind of like in the, something to do with the visual of it. I'm just, it's not moving fast enough for me. So I I lose interest five minutes in. Yeah. So it hasn't worked out for me as well. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it works for other people. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't say that there's one sole way to do it. Um, Blogs. Is there anything kind of like blogs for this? Actually. Well, like blogs specific for this thing. I mean, you can find it anywhere online, but I found that writing blogs in teach, like going into like a teaching phase Mm. is the best way to teach yourself something. Yeah. To teach something is the best way to learn it. They they say so that's that what I meant. uh they say that you're not a professional at something until you know how to teach it. Right. That's I mean that's I mean most people are aware of this, but if you could just sit down and like hey, I want to be better at this thing. Okay, start teaching the basics of it. Mm-hmm. Go write a blog about it. It's so easy to write a blog. You can start a blog. You don't have to have your own website or anything. You just go on 
medium or whatever, start writing. And you don't even have to post it anywhere. No, you don't have to post it anywhere. Just teach it and then share it with someone or, I mean. Or compile it and make a book later. Yeah. And then there you go. Next couple blogs later, look at you. You have some awesome content. Mm-hmm. Easy as that. Cool. Um, have you posted any blogs? Um, yes, but I will not specify where. Hey, what's your alias? No, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's awesome though. Yeah. That's something worth thinking about. It's, 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 it's the best way to, to um, learn. And I think that's it. Um, as far as, no, no, I mean like, uh, mediums. Yeah. Like, um, otherwise anything you have, uh, just on this topic, just ranting. Um, I'm, I've ranted long enough. I've, I'm sure I've made a complete fool of myself. I'm sure. Go back and watch the VOD. Oh yeah. Yeah. What's the VOD? I don't <laughs> even know the acronym for it. I just know what it is. <laughs> now I really sound like an idiot. <laughs> you were good all the way up <laughs> you, until- You trapped me. <laughs> it sounded amazing and then it was don't just come like- on this podcast. People are children. Yeah. No, you're this right. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No. Oh man, good times. Good times. Thank you so much, Micah, and for being on there. Um, word to the wise, just grow that 1%. Keep yourself accountable. Amen. Amen. Um, yeah, and just keep striving for it. Know that you're never going to be um, amazing right off the bat yeah. at anything. So just learn to put in the time. Um, I feel like the people that <laughs> rabbit trail super quick. I I feel like the people that burn out are, or the ones that are susceptible to it are the ones that are told that they're the prodigies directly off the bat. Sure. So it's like those that are given that sense of hope, given yeah. that kind of like uh, heightened um, belief. Well, that's what happens when you, when you immortalize talent and you say, Talent is chief here. Like mm-hmm. when you, when you, when you put talent ahead of hard work, you run into a lot of problems. And that's that, I mean, that's very well true what you said, because a lot, oftentimes your talent's not going to carry you every single time mm-hmm. and talent, talent won't get you so far. Yeah. And then once you start to burn out or like, once you start to get the test, get the pressure gets higher and you can no longer perform at this, this arc that you started at. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and yeah. you just kind of, you're, you're going to fizzle out and you're going to be, you're, you're, you're scared because now you, you can no longer live up to the standard. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's my two cents. And, and nobody's continually telling you after the, after the fact is, oh, you're the prodigy. Oh, you're the prodigy. Right. Cause after you've done it for years on end, nobody's allowed to tell, call you technically. Yeah. Because when, when you're the prodigy, you're just, you're put on a pedestal all the time and you're the rookie. You're, you're coddled like a, like a dog every time. Yeah. But it's only at the beginning. Yeah. And then when everything goes downhill, where you actually do have to throw the blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah. That's when it gets difficult and that's where there's burnout. Yep. So don't do that. I've no, learned that the hard do way. That. <laughs> um, for piano especially or? I will not specify. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> but no, not piano. Yeah. I was fortunate enough to fall in love with piano. Oh, yeah. And just whatever you do, fall in love with it. And that's the best way to you're that you're disapproving not whatever you do (laughs) 
I, that was very general. You know, that was very general, but I think they understood what I was trying to say. All love with literally anything. Anything. <laughs> just anything, you know? Like No, but we get the point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just bear with me, my guy. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I'm just kidding. You made me look like a fool. <laughs> <laughs> makes two of us. <laughs> All right. So keep at it. Keep up the good work in everything that you do. Try to be the best 1% every day. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. And as we leave, Micah, would you? Lead us in a word of prayer. Uh, <laughs> sure. But <laughs> play. Yeah, yeah, that's play, great. Play, but, play, but play, play piano. Just, just, play, just play. The piano that's just sat in front of them. Uh, let's see what we got here. Please. Um, See how it's good dial. I want to, I want to. What's that? I wanted to say something profound right before you started. Like. It's never um, too late. And that's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>